1: When you pick up some scratches, cause you want a fun break, the playful way you scratch is the next choice you should make. You can make your dog's leg kick and scratch with that. You could even grab a laser pointer and use your cap. You can build yourself a homemade scratching machine. Or use a piece from your chest set. Go ahead, grab the queen. Scratch like a DJ, your record player. A cactus could scratch off that scratchable layer. Cause when it comes to scratching, there's a million playful ways. Thanks to scratches from the California Lottery, a little play can make your day.
3: And welcome back to Little Cuts, our weekly mini-sode where we dig into the things that we've been watching recently. I'm Terry, and to quote it actor and one of my favorite TikTok creators, Nick Hamilton, I've got glasses on.
0: (laughs) Sorry, that was just an incredible... Yeah, everything about that was beautiful. Um, I'm I'm Mary Beth. I don't have glasses on, actually, for the first time in a while, so that's fun.
3: Are we like, tw- are we like reverse twinsies? Are we like, you know, if you're yeah. not wearing glasses, like I have to? Twins. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. All right.
0: Like the anti, the anti They're
3: never in the same either.
0: room together. <laughs> <laughs> we will be soon. Oh my God. We will be soon. Anyway, I'm Mary Beth. Uh, <laughs> and this week we are talking the end of a four year journey, anxiety, body horror, a screen life mystery, podcast, the movie, oh. a promise many years in the making One pissed-off 16-year-old, and finally, it's gonna be (laughs) Scream. You can't write it like that and not expect me, a millennial, a self-respecting slash self-hating millennial, to make that joke.
3: Okay, that's funny. I was actually going for, like, it's gonna be a Scream, baby! Oh. But I love where you took it. That's better. (laughs) Honestly.
0: I went boy band route. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I want to hear about this journey, four years in the making. Oh my
3: goodness! As of today, or the end of
0: a four-year journey.
3: As of the uh, today, the drop of this episode, my time writing about servant has come to an end. Oh. We've written over two hundred pages. I know because I have a Google Doc.
0: That's wild.
3: Forty episodes four seasons and a whole lot of words and it's over and it's really good. It has a really good ending. I think
0: good. Oh, I'm glad
3: it doesn't. Uh, I mean, no spoilers. Cause I, a lot of people have not even seen this show and I want people to see yeah, it, Yeah, please. I want but to... it does give us, it ties up everything. I wanted it to tie up. It's not like lost where it's going to like exhaustively oh, try to answer every little niggling question that people have had, but it does a really good job of bringing everything to an end. I cried. It made me very emotional. It's very good. Uh, if you haven't seen it, now is the time to get that damn trial and binge it, because they're 30-minute episodes. There's 40 of them. And it's so good. It is so good. So, Servant, I love so it. Glad.
0: I'm so glad it ended the way, a good way for you, because I know how much you've been ride or die. You and Joe have been ride or die mm-hmm. for this show.
3: It's oh, so good. I'm so
0: glad. Okay, I'm finally going to watch it. Please do. I really want to. I really
3: want I know, to. I, I know. I watched the first
0: half, like a half of the first season and really liked it.
3: And it only I think it only gets better from that first season. And there's so many, there's a couple found footage moments that I really want you to experience. Yes,
0: that's the big reason I want to watch it. But oh, yay, I'm glad. Yeah. And also, it's, it's M Night Shyamalan, right? The whole yeah. thing is so M Night Shyamalan. He
3: produced it. He, he's, produced it. Okay. he's directed a, a number of the episodes. His daughter, Ishana, got involved and has written and directed a few of the episodes. But it oh, was created cool. by Tony Bazgallop, who has a new show also on Amazon called The Consultant, which Joe has seen and said it's oh. really good. I have not seen it. Okay. Yet.
0: I've heard good things about it, I've yeah. seen like the ads for it.
3: Yeah. So that's his new show. Um, on Prime, but, but yeah, so it is definitely has an M night vibe to it for sure. And you can see his fingerprints all over it in terms of the, the, the directing, uh, he uses a lot of, um, similar, uh, cinematographers that he's used in his, in, in those recent movies here. And so it has like uh-huh. a definite look of an M night film. Um, and there's some really cool, uh, camera tricks that, that they pull off, but it is, it is a series created by Tony Basgallop. I don't even know if that's how you pronounce his last name, I believe.
1: Kate, it
0: is Christoph Waltz. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: He is Christoph Waltz is in the consultant anyway, that that show is it's, it's so good. I hope people will find this and start talking about it because I honestly, the last two episodes, Lauren Ambrose has like fucking given us her Emmy moment. And the fact that this is a show that no one is watching. And so it's not going to get any Emmy like recognition is really sad because he, she is so good in this. And yes, Kate, I am so excited to see her on yellow jackets like what a great what a great move to go from this fantastic genre show to another genre show i just i can't wait i love her i'm glad that she's having like this renaissance in television again it also makes me really want to go back and watch six feet under which is a show that i've only seen like a handful of the episodes i and i i want to i want to watch
0: it if you want to cry i know it's so good (laughs) it's so good Her character drives a hearse, like a a repurposed hearse, and I've always wanted to drive a repurposed hearse. Like, it's so impractical, but, like, I do want a hearse (laughs) as just, like, my personal car. I'm down
3: for that. I love that idea, to be honest. I am who I am. Um, Okay, so anxiety body horror.
0: So I'm covering South by Southwest virtually, so I'm going to be talking about some of the movies I've seen that I've really liked, and I'll probably list off a couple more later that I won't go into as much detail about. But this first one is Appendage. Oh, yeah. This is directed by Anna Zlokovic. Uh, This is expanded from her short of the same name that actually starred Rachel Sennett. This is the feature expansion of the film. Have you
3: seen the short film?
0: I have actually I saw the short film at a one of what a festival at some point and I really liked it it was super weird and I was super curious about about it and I really enjoyed it and so I'm really excited that it got expanded um into a feature it's actually going to be on Hulu later this year so this is going to be coming this year I don't remember exactly when but it is coming to Hulu um this premiered at South by Southwest and it's follows a woman named hannah she's a young fashion designer she works for a bigger fashion designer she has a great boyfriend a great best friend and but she also is dealing with a lot of anxiety and Mm self-doubt her boss is evil her parents don't really give a shit about her and she has a lot of anxiety and she starts getting this weird rash on her side you know they're just telling her it's a rash it's fine like she change detergents and then one day a little freaky dude pops out of her side oh god just a little freaky man
3: like a man man like the best just, way to just a man
0: it's no it's like a humanoid slash like humanoid fleshy figure it doesn't actually look like a person but it talks humanoid
3: fleshy figure <laughs>
0: I know, and so it says things like "boo, bitch," and like yells at her, and it's really funny. And I was, but I was like, okay, is this going to just become like slapstick, like kind of like a fucked up, like a basket case scenario? But I was actually really impressed with how well it balanced the comedy with the horror. Like you have this ridiculous shit talking little gremlin, weird fleshy gremlin thing, yeah, that looks really good. Like the effects are awesome. And it could so easily veer into, like, a vulgar kind of situation. But they balance, like, what... Because this little creature zaps power, power basically, from Hannah. You know, like, how anxiety drains you and stuff. Like, they capture that pretty well. And it's so ridiculous. And I think that's what I love about it is that it leans into the ridiculous. And, like, there's some really insane twists that happen later Ooh. that I'm like, fuck yeah. Like, Zlokovic is so kind of committed to the tone and, like, her vision as a director that, like, it's super cool to watch her just go for it. And the fact that she was able to just go for it, like... And then Emily Hampshire is actually in it. Um, She plays... Oh, my God. What's her name in Shit's Creek?
3: Fuck, if you hadn't asked me, I would have been able to tell you. Stevie.
0: Stevie. I knew it was, like, an Andrew... Like, a Warren Johnson, but she played Stevie in Shit's Creek. And now she's playing kind of, like, a villain in this. Ooh. And she has, like, this really hot pixie cut and she's mm. giving off like chaos bisexual vibes so that's she's like she's the best part of the movie and i don't even have to dig like she's just as really good as like oh it's great so i really really enjoyed it i think it's one of my favorite representations of anxiety like it's pretty on the nose but i love how like it's not trying to be like subtle it's trying to be ridiculous because to me anxiety something i deal with every day is so fucking ridiculous that like I love that she just went for it. So I had a lot of fun with it. I thought it was really, I thought it was really good. And it's a really good kind of extension of the short. I think it definitely drags in a couple of places and the characters could be a little bit deeper, but like overall it's a lot of fun. So make sure to catch that when it comes out on Hulu later this year.
3: I'm excited to see that one. I, you had mentioned offline to me a bit ago about it and I was, I've been wanting to yeah. see it ever since. So I'm glad that it's coming to Hulu. Uh, I'm really excited, and I love
2: Emily.
0: Yeah, highly, highly recommend when that comes out. Keep an eye, for, keep an eye out for it because I just love it when like women directors get to do fucking weird shit. Yeah, like, it's just awesome. Just like make weird little dudes, little freaks. <laughs> I love it. My very, I, I even called him a weird little dude in my <laughs> in my official review for Dread Central. So that is what I'm coining, coining. The appendage. I love it. Anyway, a screen life mystery.
3: I know. Uh, me. I,
0: I, every day, I'm just so excited that I've converted you. You're going to a found footage festival with me. I know. You're watching found footage movies on your own and screen life. It just, I love it so much.
3: Me too, actually. <laughs> I watched Missing. Have you seen Missing?
0: Oh, no, not yet.
3: Yeah, I watched it Um, because it finally, uh, it came out on VOD last week oh it's like only to buy but it's 15 bucks sold the ticket it's a movie
0: theater ticket yeah
3: and this is like i mean it it's set in the same universe as searching it's like it happens after searching but it doesn't really have much to do with searching other than it's other than it's similar in that people are missing that kind of thing there's like a, a little bit of a wink and a nod to it where there's like this uh docu-series on netflix that they're watching at the beginning and the the episode that we see a little brief bit about is a recreation of um oh.
0: of searching and
3: what happens oh, in that cool uh actually not a docu-series like a it's actually like i think it's called unfiction is the name of the show and it's like it it's like a dramatization of what happened. And so, like, they have okay. a little bit of, of that as sort of, like, a connecting tissue to this. But uh, this has oh, nothing, okay. no, like, story ties to that one. It is okay. about a young teenager who uh, played by Storm Reed, who Yay. we also just saw, if you're watching The Last of Us, she was Riley. In the last of us
0: the first storm reed getting all these awesome fucking parts recently she's incredible and i haven't even seen missing but i know she's an incredible actor well
3: and she carries this whole movie like she is pretty much in every single frame of this of this film and so she's yeah so she's a teenager her mom her dad died years ago from cancer her mom has been seeing this new guy Mm-hmm. And they are going on a trip to Colombia, parents, the mom and, and this new boyfriend. And mm-hmm. they do, she does what teenagers do and throws a party. Then she wakes up the day that she's supposed to go get her mom. She shows up at the airport waiting for her. Mom doesn't show up. She sends her messages, no response. So she is at home with the only money being in her Venmo account that her mom sent her. So she has a dwindling supply of money. Her mom is missing. No one seems to know where she's at. And so it follows her through her computer screen, just like in kind of searching, trying to find out where her mom is. And what I love about this is that the the filmmaking and the cinematography style and the editing on this is so good that it's it it uses a lot of different cuts between what we're seeing either on her computer or we're seeing like through phone footage or like voice messages or FaceTime or surveillance cameras. Or like even going through Google and getting into people's accounts on Google and find and going through all their data to try to find out where they last were located at all this kind of stuff is happening. And it's very fast paced. It's very it's very much um, it, it has a very stylized look to it that like just keeps keeps you going. It is a very twisty film. I did not see where it was going at all which is something that i'm usually able to suss out and it just it surprised me around every time every time i think i was figuring out what was happening the movie was like a few steps ahead of me and then it would twist and i think i actually like this one a lot better than searching i thought searching was really good but i think this one's more exciting to watch um and storm okay. Reed is just really good in it so i really recommend this one i had a blast with it it doesn't even feel like a two-hour movie
0: oh shit okay wow two hours yeah
3: Hour and fifty one or something, cool. like cool. But yeah, really good. Okay. So,
0: I, I need to watch it. You, you
3: gotta to watch it, it Mary Beth. House. I've seen it. Come on now.
0: Look, <laughs> I watch so many movies. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have to watch Vanderpump Rules too. Come on, Terry. <laughs> I have to catch up.
3: <laughs> yeah, I the Red Wedding. <laughs> I just love the Polygon keeps calling it the Red Wedding. In I love it too. Article, oh. Anyway. Uh, <sighs> Podcast the movie. I am curious and a little anxious.
0: So I actually just watched this one today and I was really fucking impressed by it. It's called Monolith.
3: Okay. Not even heard of it. And so
0: this is an Australian movie directed by Matt Vesley. Is this a South um, by movie? It Yes, okay. this is a South by movie. Um all the movies I'm talking about today, except for the last one, are South by movies. So this is going to be at a couple other festivals coming up, I believe. But basically, this follows a woman who's a young journalist who basically made a huge fuck-up at uh, the, the, the story, didn't corroborate evidence, made some accusations against someone, and they weren't true, and she had to issue this big apology. And so her attempt at a comeback is creating a podcast, um, which is all about hoaxes, um, et cetera. And she gets a mysterious email one day about uh, sending her a name, a phone number. It says, uh, Flora May, last name is with The K, and then a phone number. And she's like, what the fuck is this? Like, and she decides to go down the rabbit hole. And what goes out down that rabbit hole is a ridiculously wild alien conspiracy. And the whole thing is told... She's the only, so Lily Sullivan, who is actually in Evil Dead Rise, plays the only, she is the only person like in camera, like on camera the entire time. She is the only person, we see everything from her point of view and all of the, like, she's interviewing people over the phone. Okay. And recording them. So we're learning about like how deep this is conspiracy goes just through listening oh so a lot of it feels like an audio drama okay but I I actually really enjoy how that plays with audio the audio medium I think that there's some really interesting stuff playing with audio in horror right now and this kind of I wish it did more with audio, like playing with audio but still it play it's just a lot of like playing with the concept of listening and like storytelling and also like playing with this idea of like how far do you buy into a conspiracy and like yeah. what happens when you buy into something and like you publish it and make something widely listenable to, like widely out there. Um, I really liked it. It's like an hour and 30 minutes. It's like a chamber. It's a, I don't know if a chamber piece is the wrong word because it's really just her in a single location like feeding her turtle and f- learning all about these weird, mysterious black bricks that people have been delivered throughout the world. And I I really enjoyed it. I was excited to watch it because I'm super interested in, like, podcaster horror for obvious reasons. And mostly I'm just curious, too, about, like, how filmmakers are looking at podcasters. Because we see so many kind of, like, annoying movies about influencers who are, like, yelling and they're, like, yeah. teenagers. And, like, that's on what – like, pod is, like, part of it. But seeing them kind of a little bit more serious, like – Grounded might not be the right word for grounded-ish story about podcasting and like audio storytelling, like kind of think Vast of Night-ish. Okay, huh. Vast of Night is way more stylish, yeah, way more, but like kind of the similar vibes of like listening to people telling stories and like gathering and like you're not being shown, you're being told, and you have to kind of decide who you trust. Like you as the viewer are kind of in the position of this journalist of like what is the truth are they telling the truth like do you buy into it with her and it's a really interesting kind of like because you're only with her the whole movie like you're not given you're not seeing other people so you're kind of forced to sit with her and decide like is this real um so
3: my question to you would be does it work as a visual medium or because like yeah, I mean, you know, it, it my my first question would be with with that, would it would it have worked as just an audio drama? But so does the visual side of it work for you? I mean, cuz I I know like that's like a loaded question because as you said, you're pretty much just seeing her the entire time, but
0: I think because Lily Sullivan is so good. I mm. think you have to have a good person performing. I yeah. think cuz Lily Sullivan is incredible with like her performance with her facial Expressions and the way that she plays the character. Okay. I do think that it could have been a little bit more like engaging on the visual level. Like, okay. I definitely think that they didn't play with that enough for the whole film. Right. There are some parts at the end where it's like, okay, yes, I'm glad that this is visual. I definitely think it could have done more of that okay i think because like i said because lee sullivan is so good in it it's mm-hmm. worth it but i definitely think that they could have gone and it's like a shoestring budget indie movie yeah I, but still yeah but you know there's a little bit more they probably could have done but still i was i still really enjoyed it i was still pretty engaged because the story is wild i'm
3: fascinated so. i want to i i definitely want to check this one out
0: And then like super, super side note, another movie I actually watched about podcasters is a documentary called Citizen Sleuth that is actually really good about a true crime podcaster um, who lied on her podcast. And it's about and it's this document, this documentary filmmaker follows her for years before he knows she's lying. And it's about him like trying to get her to reveal that because he has not he had a feeling that she wasn't telling the full truth about her podcast. Oh. and like some of the circumstances like the and real he, after years gets her to admit yeah it's like oh, an it's wow. a full documentary it's really good it's fucking wild is this
3: also south by
0: it does and It does a lot of like the ethics of true crime podcasting mm. and like
1: <laughs> a big what big question when you want right
0: more now. Downlo- yeah like what happens when you want more downloads like all this shit um it's really interesting so that's a documentary so i wanted to throw that in there oh yeah but then, uh, okay. So now we have a promise, many years in the making. Maybe not
3: many years, I guess. But um, I, I, when when back in September, when we were culling like uh, clips and stuff for our show, and I came across one, I think multiple episodes. I mentioned, okay, I haven't seen it, but I'm going to. I finally watched Ginger Snaps. And I'm not going to get too much into it because there's a reason that I watched it. So we're just going to throw that to the side for right now. But I finally watched Ginger Snaps and I loved it. I thought it was really good. It's not what I was expecting um, at all. And I, so I just, I, I don't want to get too much into it. I just wanted to let people know <laughs> that I have finally seen Ginger Snaps. I have finally seen this movie. I really enjoyed it yay werewolves yay teen angst yay john fawcett the director i'm here for it i really would like to get john fawcett on the podcast so let's make that happen please and thank you
0: okay manifesting
3: manifesting it um because john fawcett would go on to do uh, orphan black which is one of my favorite tv shows so i'm very excited it was really good and you might hear more from me on it later to be determined
0: Really quick, what were you expecting from it?
3: I don't really know, but I, well, first okay. of all, I didn't, I guess I didn't realize that they were sisters and I thought like, it was like a. Oh,
0: okay. I thought
3: there'd be like shades of um, queerness in that aspect of it, which there, I mean, you might be able to make a, there's a, we'll talk about
0: that, but yeah, they're sisters.
3: So like, I, I just, I, I don't, I honestly, I don't know what I was expecting other than I knew it was a werewolf film and that it, uh, one of the girls is going through puberty as it's happening and so that is literally all i was expecting and it it is that but there's a whole lot more to it and i really enjoyed it but i just wanted to like close that loop because i believe it was brought up with molly and i believe that it was brought up with um when we talked about uh the shunting and society, because I'm pretty oh, sure yeah. that the the promise that I was made before, like my birthday, was that either I would pull up like my 40th birthday, I even think so, like two years ago, was um, we'd e- I'd either have a, a birthday shunting, or I'd watch Ginger Snaps, and not none of those none of those happened. Spoiler alert! But now I have seen Ginger Snaps, so I can not have the shunting happen. It's win win in my opinion. Two years late, but hey. I got there,
0: you got there. you still watched it. I did, and I'm I really so enjoyed it,
3: um, but speaking of um angst and teens, what is this one pissed off sixteen year old That was a good segue
0: that was a great segue. <laughs> this is the wrath of Becky, oh yeah, um, the sequel to Becky um it's fun this time instead of her par- like, her parents getting not murdered, but like people getting murdered in the woods by by neo Nazis. Now she's kind of out to get revenge, sort of. And is just kicking ass and killing um, noblemen, not Proud Boys. They kind of change (laughs) the wording a little bit to make it a little less on the nose. But Lulu Wilson is back. She is now 16. um, And she is killing Nazis um, who are planning an insurrection. And Sean William Scott plays the big bad.
1: Mm, um he's foreign. actually
0: pretty incredible as the bad guy um he's really he, i know we all know him as funny man but he's actually very good as a bad guy and as a villain um so that was really fun to watch it's fun like it's just it's a it's the wrath of becky it It's gory? watching a 16 year old really gory really. and i wish there was more gore because a lot of it is kind of like backloaded to the end of okay. the movie which is fine. I just, you know, I think... Be- I was just assuming with, like, you know, everyone having seen Becky and knowing how violent it was, it kind of... Would amp it up. up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the, its new directors, um, Matt Angel and Suzanne Coote, so I think they were trying to kind of carve out their own, like, story to tell here. Um, I did want a little bit more gore. But it's got good gore in it. And you're watching bad dudes get absolutely annihilated, which is awesome. I'm here for that. So... Yeah, I I liked it a lot. I think Lulu Wilson's a fucking badass. Sean William Scott's funny um and terrifying. <laughs> so, um and then one last title I wanted to shout out very very briefly, um Brooklyn 45, Ted Keegan's yeah, new yeah, movie. you saw it? Very fun. Is it? Mm-hmm. Good. It's really good. It's really good. It's a it's a chamber it's like textbook chamber piece, but like a lot of really interesting kind of twists and turns to it. So, really enjoyed it.
3: Cuz that one's a about people that have gotten together they're in a war together they're veterans is that
0: so they were all in world war Two together okay and they're getting together and one of their they're all best friends who were in the war and then one of them um his wife passed away and they hold a seance mm. to get in contact with her and it all kind of goes downhill from there okay. and there's some really interesting ways that Geegan plays with, like, expectations and what the movie is going to be. And, um, yeah, someone someone on Twitter – actually, Ted tweeted this. Someone was complaining that it was, like, 12 angry men with a ghost thrown in for good measure. And Ted was like, no, that's exactly what it is. And that is what it is, and I like that. There's a lot of a lot of really good – like, Larry Fassenden is in it. That doesn't sound it's like a, a really dig,
3: good... <laughs> <laughs> you know?
0: I know, right? Like, it's – I was like –
3: Give me that. I mean, it's a good
0: thing. The acting is incredible. Um, really good tension. And I think it's, it's really impressive. So, hell yeah. And I loved We, um, we Are Still Here. So it's very different from that mm-hmm. in terms of just like the entire aesthetic. But like, he's, damn, he's a good director. Good.
3: I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. I'm really happy to hear that.
0: But to end this um, on a fun note, it's gonna be Scream.
3: It's gonna be
0: Scream. We both saw Scream 6. We will not spoil nope, anything no spoilers. or talk too much. I think when it comes, we might do a spoiler cast in the future, but do not worry. This is a spoiler-free zone for talking about Scream 6. Yeah, so just saying that now so no one is like, oh my god, they're going to spoil everything. Yep.
3: Nope, not going to talk about many or any of the details, I think, really. I just wanted to like... yeah, Because I know you saw it before... Um, it came out mm-hmm. I went to go see it this weekend it snowed on Saturday but luckily it was not a lot but I was like are you fucking kidding me because
0: I saw your tweet you're like you can't keep me from seeing this movie are you fucking serious <laughs> because
3: last year when scream case, the scream five came out in January on my birthday it was fucking a blizzard and we managed to get through the blizzard to go see it to that's the point right <laughs> that like I ended up like two days before the movie I was like it's going to it's gonna dump. Cassie, will you go see it with me tonight so that I can know that I'm going to see it and then we can see it again for my birthday because I didn't want to miss it. And then what happens on Saturday? It fucking snows. Thank God that it didn't snow a lot and it was gone by the time we went to go see the movie. But I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now? It's fucking March. Come on, people. But yeah, yep. Scream. I really liked it.
0: I, I also really liked it. I was really impressed. Um, I think I had a lot... I mean, like, we all did. We were all, like, so... Like, we're totally... Like, we're in New York, which is... I thought was awesome. Some people are bitching about that. But, like... Basically, what I'm trying to... What I'm going to say in a nutshell is that it very much feels like Scream 2.
1: Mm.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Like, a lot of it feels... Uh-huh. It very much is... Scream Uh 2, and also not at the same time. Mm -hmm. But like it is a lot, a lot of the stuff in it. And I, I, and Kate, I agree. I think it is a smart decision. I think like they did, they do enough that it doesn't feel like, what is this? Like you're just aping Scream 2. Like there's no Cassandra, unfortunately, but also, also someone who was bitching on Twitter about the Cassandra scene in Scream 2? Because I would like to have several words with them because the Cassandra stuff in Scream 2 is really fucking cool, even though we laughed and bitched about how no theater department in a college has that much money. Regardless of that, it's, it's a good scene. It's a, a good, good scene, inclusion. and it's
3: thematically important to the story that was it being is. told. That was, as I put on Twitter, that a lot of people really liked, yes. it is a Greek tragedy about PTSD. It needed to have Cassandra. Yes. That was, that, that play... Made the movie, in my opinion. It
0: did anyway. Sorry, <laughs>
3: circling I, back. I will say with the New York thing, the one thing I wish is that it was a little bit more New York. Like I realized they didn't film it in New York. I realized, I realized all of that, but it it felt like nameless big city.
0: I think I just was excited it was in a a big city. Me too. I think I didn't really care that it was in New York. I think to me, I was like, well, who cares? Like, if it was any city, it'd be cool. Mm -hmm. And like you said, like they had, the subway scenes were awesome. We saw them like in the, the we won't obviously Mm -hmm. spoil, but like you saw them in the trailer, the subway scene's really good. Like that was really tense. And so I wish they had a couple more things like that, that felt like you said, but you know, the bodega scene that we can see in the trailer was, I, I really liked that. Like that was incredible. Like, the tension in this movie really just, like, doesn't stop. And it's really... It's good. Like, the kills are incredible and they're disgusting. There's some great set pieces. Great
3: set pieces.
0: It, again,
3: um, not to, to like, keep comparing it to Scream 2, but I think one thing Scream 2 does incredibly well is have some incredibly intense set pieces that are extended. And this one yes. has those moments. It has an iconic moment. Uh, I'm not going to spoil, but it has an iconic moment uh that just is feels very much New York in that in that feel, like buildings close to each other. Just a great intense intense moment. There's a lot of those in this. And I really yeah. enjoyed
0: that. I think they did some interesting stuff with like the PTSD or trauma stuff. I wish they'd done a little bit more, but I also think Sam Carpenter is a more realized character in this one. Melissa Barrera, I think, really comes into her own. In this one, I think they took a lot of the notes people had about Sam's character in the first one and, like, really, like, did a good job writing her to the point that I think maybe Melissa Barrera just was trying to do the best with what script she had in the first, in in Scream 5. Because I've seen her in other stuff and she's not bad, I think. But regardless, in this one, like, she really is a fucking badass. Like, she really is a bad bitch. And I, I loved her a lot.
3: Before we went to go see this one, I did rewatch, um, Five cream and I, I maybe this is a um a hot take i'm not 100 sure but i think the worst part of scream 5 were the legacy characters so i was kind of happy that we focused on the core four as they name name each other and oh, they created and they're
0: so good yeah. i love the core four they create
3: they're they've created so a really good friend group here that i was really happy to see and when violence happens against them just like in the original group of of scream characters you feel it because they i really fell in love with them in this movie
0: also like can we just take a moment to celebrate that in a that in this legacy like this huge franchise our four main characters are all people of color almost all are femme and there's at least one queer person in the group like it's queer femmes and people of color it's woke
3: all of you got wokeness in my scream
0: cool like (laughs) it doesn't even like factor into anything it's just cool it is
3: no it's great
0: it's just like hey look like it's not that hard to have characters that are like people of color and it's you don't it's not going to be about race it's just them and slashers and like surviving slashers Jasmine Savoy Brown, I love you so much. Her, like, their strong femme lead shirt and the lavender menace shirt. Just, like, I love how unabashedly queer the character is, Mindy's character. It's just so good. And Mason Gooding is so cute and so sweet. And is the perfect himbo. And I love him. And Jenna Ortega is, of course, perfect. And I just love them all so much. And I might even like them more than the original Legacy characters what? because they're actually... Well, look, I love I love Sydney and I love Dewey, but I think that them as a group makes more sense. I think there's so much more love in that group, and I think that I really love that. Because I feel like... I mean, again, that's their own thing. I just... I love this group so much and, like, how much care they have for yeah. each other. And I just... And I I just, I love
3: it. Me too. Two acting notes. One, it was very weird seeing Jack Champion in this because he was um, Spider in uh, Avatar, The Way of the Water. And that movie was filmed over the course of many years. And so seeing him in that movie go from like a very preteen kid to like a teenager was a weird transition and then to see him in this i was like this is giving me so much whiplash he does look like evan peters uh kate right. i thought particularly in he this. was
0: evan peters a couple times i was like
3: and then the other thing i love that josh Segarra is in this i he is such a cutie patootie he is i wanted more of him but like i he was he was really good and when i when i first like i guess i've seen him in a couple of things but when i first realized it was him he was in um the other two which is this really funny tv show um that's on hbo max right now
0: what's it called the other two. the other two
3: and it's a he plays like um this kind of himbo ex-boyfriend of one of the the characters and he's just so adorable in that and he was so adorable in this i loved him i wanted more of him
0: um also the main character in the beach house plays um yeah Quinn, mm-hmm. which is one of like the New Side characters, which I was like, I know who this is. Um, her name is Liana Liberato, and yes, you wrote that in the chat. Um, Kate, I'm sorry, I'm just now connecting the dots. <laughs> that that is what you wrote. Um. But it was really cool. It's just cuz she's so good in The Beach House and mm-hmm. it was, I was like, "Wait, she, this this person looks really familiar." I was like, "Oh my god. I love that she in fucking screen cuz I loved her in The Beach House." So, it was cool.
3: So, I think I think to kind of tie into what Mary Beth was saying, I think we're going to do Patreon only spoiler cast on this, sort of like what we did with Barbarian where we can talk about it because there are things I definitely want to dig into and some of the things that like I think some of the more interesting and some of the more things that kind of I didn't like are spoiler related. And so um Yeah. I think we'll probably save that for when it comes out on VOD, D V D, whatever.
0: Yeah. Well, it's good. Two thumbs up.
3: There's only been one really, bad really screen Ra- movie. And that's number three.
0: <laughs> Radio Silence Radio Silence is really common into it though. They are great they are an incredible filmmaking team. And I really I love to see it. So. Me too. But next week, y'all, for Little Cuts, we are going to be taking a break um, because Terry and I are going to be in San Francisco for the Unnamed Footage Festival.
3: Yep. So sorry, we're not going to have a Little Cuts next week. Um, kind of need a break and we're going to be traveling and it's just going to be a whole lot. So you will not get a Little Cuts, but you will get a full episode on Monday. And who are we chatting with? Mary Beth. ha ha ha.
0: So on Monday, we are chatting with author Nathan Ballingrud. Mm. He's the writer of short story collections like Wounds and North American Lake Monsters. His debut novel, The Strange, comes out Tuesday, the day after our discussion with him. And he brought with him Close Encounters of the Third Kind.
3: First watch for this boy. This
0: was a- I know. So this is a dream conversation for me. You guys have heard me talk about Nathan Ballingrud, like a bunch on the podcast and so i got to nerd out and Mm -hmm. he is just super cool and we had a really awesome conversation about close encounters of the third kind a movie that i was very excited to be able to revisit and that you got to watch for the first time
3: yeah it was i think this was i think our interview portion of this is one of the better interviews we've ever had he just it was just really good
0: it's really got some really interesting stories Mm -hmm. like he used to work on um oil rigs as a chef chef. so like it was good it's just really cool when you meet people you really like their work you really respect and enjoy and they're really awesome and kind and generous with their time like they don't need to be that way but when they are it's just like very incredible and we get to do that a lot with this podcast and it's just like something i'm pretty thankful for that i don't think i appreciate enough that we get to have these really deep insightful conversations with people who are like really smart and really talented
3: yeah one little behind the scenes little nugget he uh when he came on, he was surprised because I guess he thought, or maybe there was, I think there was a mix-up and he thought that it, this was going to be a 30-minute recording. He's like, is that going to be enough time? He's like, oh, no, we were planning on like an hour or so. He's like, okay, good, because I didn't think there was going to be enough time for that. He's like, is that okay? And he's like, yeah, 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 I'm, you got me all night. I'm like, okay, good. So it's just so sweet, so down to earth. And so, I don't know, he's just great. I loved him. It's, it's, it's nice when you get to talk to people and they... you admire and you've looked up to and they end up being a sweetheart so this is a good one nope not gonna burp okay anyway
0: (laughs) uh, so listeners you've heard from us but we want to hear from you um did you watch a film that we watched this week and have thoughts oh excuse me do you have suggestions for things we should be watching or guests that you might want to come on to little cuts again you can send us an email at scarredforlifepodcast at gmail.com, or you can reach out to us directly on Twitter. I am at MBMcAndrews.
3: And I'm at dreadful.
0: And of course, don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter at Scarred Podcast.
3: And please don't forget to review, rate, subscribe, help support us through Patreon. You have a Fresh Wounds episode this month. You have new Seltzer. You can be watching us with my my glasses on (laughs) right now and um i think i'm not even gonna i'm not even gonna try to hint we have some cool stuff coming up with fresh wounds
0: i was like what are you planning (laughs) what's a surprise
3: (laughs) (laughs) so yeah help support us it helps defray the cost of this because podcasting isn't cheap y'all so thank -hmm. you
0: and we're independent. Yeah, DIY, we are. baby. And to that end, thank you to Eric Power for her artwork. Thank you to Sean Keller for her music. Thank you to each and every one of you for listening. We so appreciate you. Please stay safe out there. But most importantly, stay creepy.
3: And if you are at Unnamed Foot- Footage Festival, say hi to us.
0: <gasps> Please say hi.
3: I might have we a sticker for you. i too
0: awkward. <gasps> I'll give you a hug if you want to be touched.
3: <laughs> Same. <laughs> But until next time...
1: When you pick up some scratches, cause you want a fun break. The playful where you scratch is the next choice you should make. You can make your dog's leg kick and scratch with that. You could even grab a laser pointer and use your cat. You can build yourself a homemade scratching machine or use a piece from your chest set. Go ahead grab the queen. Scratch like a DJ your record player. But cactus could scratch off that scratchable layer. Cause when it comes to scratching, there's a million playful ways. Thanks to scratches from the California Lottery, a little play can make your day.